You are listening to The Theonauts, episode 48. The one where we run through wheat picking off heads. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's Word. Hello, all you Theo Gleaners out there. Hey, how we doing? I am David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the The Theo Knots. Hey, man. Hey, what was that? That little voice you did there. <laughs> what was your voice? It sounded like NPR. <laughs> That's not us, David. That's not us. That's what I do. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Talking sweetly to the microphone. All right. So anyways. I figured since this is going to be a romantic episode. Oh, that is. So. It is. <laughs> we, need, we need some candles, a little mood music. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, anyways. <laughs> okay. Um, some cool uh, goings-ons in the Theonaut world. Yes. Okay. Um, I've been checking the website stats, or like the stats of our listenership or whatever yeah. you are out there, and it, there is some wacky stuff happening. Okay, first <laughs> off, <laughs> first off, it's really cool because our listens are up. Like more people are listening now. Yeah, like that's on good. a consistent basis. You can watch. We actually have a trend line on that graph. It's, <laughs> that's it's awesome. like taking off. Yeah, and so like um, the past few episodes have been. Oh, we're getting like the one from last week. We've has been listened to 170 times. Wow! Just this week. That's awesome. That's not that big of a deal for a lot of podcasts, but for us, it's a big deal. Yeah, it was cool. It means that somebody's listening. Yeah, we had like in February, we had over 1,200 listens in wow. February. And we had just a little bit under that in March. And and uh, April is already looking really good. So keep listening. Yeah. Yes. Love you some Theonauts. And then what's really <laughs> funny was the demographics. Yeah. Because here we are, we're sitting in... Podunk, Texas. <laughs> right across the Red River. And we are in the buckle of the Bible Belt. That's right. Talking theology. Uh-huh. Right? Guess where a, where the biggest chunk of our listeners came from? This Paris? <laughs> no, no. No, no. Oh, New York. New York. Wow. Yes, last month we had more listens from New York wow. than we did Texas. That's crazy. Yeah, what is up with that? I don't know. Maybe they're confused. Curious, yeah. You know? <laughs> Maybe it's like a train wreck. You just can't stop. The listeners like, that's right, wow, that's right. what's up with those guys? I was hoping to be Rome, <laughs> like the Pope's listening well, to his news. I can't the the way <laughs> the way these charts work. Oh, I yeah. can't r- drill down anywhere except for the United States. Oh, I mean, gotcha. I can see that there are. Uh, listens all over the world. Really? Uh, yeah, and we that we are being listened to in Europe and uh, Russia and China and <laughs> all awesome. yeah all over the place. Wow! But uh, I can't like drill down to see right. you know all the details. Um, if you're in London right now, I want you to call 
theonauts and let us know. Yeah, you let us know. <laughs> or at least send us an email. Yeah, you know. definitely. I mean, yeah. It's calling, it might be expensive. <laughs> you can call Collect today. Just dial it. plus one. Plus <laughs> one, and then the number. That's right. 972-885-7270. That's right. And, and let us know that you're a British listener. That's right. <laughs> Actually, Canadians awesome. uh, from outside... Uh, United States, Canada is the next. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the the biggest group of listeners is coming from. Canada. I do have some Canadian friends. Do you? Yeah, so it might be them. Ah, yeah. Jeremy Schumalak. <laughs> if it's you, Jeremy, you Schumacher. You hoser. Yeah, you, you hoser. <laughs> <laughs> Call into us, eh? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's really cool. Uh, right behind New York is California. Well, not with Texas, but California. <laughs> You're kidding so, me. so out of the top four states in the United States, Texas is the only red state. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that must be more appealing. Wow. But yes, it's got Maryland. Huh. Maryland is like this month. Maryland is lots of people from Maryland yeah. listening this month. So Maryland, New York, California, and Texas. Those are our biggest top four. That's pretty epic. So, wow. Yeah. Cool. So anyway, I thought that would be fun Yeah, to uh, throw that out there. So do you have a good week? Yeah. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. Kind of yeah. uneventful. Yeah, me too. Which is nice. Not a whole lot. Well, I mean, oh, I did, work stuff. But. I did preach Sunday and did the Lord's Supper for the first time ever. Oh. That was fun. <laughs> I didn't mess up. It's the first time y'all have ever had the Lord's Supper? No, first time <laughs> I've administered it, <laughs> which was great. So Yeah, I heard all kinds of fun things about that. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was, did you? Yeah. Did you hear that I cussed from the pulpit? Did you hear that, David? Because I did. I wasn't going to say anything. Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll let you listeners figure out which word it was. Okay, anyways. So, uh, wow. Gasp from the audience. <gasps> oh, boo! Man. Oh, well. Where is the boo? Yeah. <laughs> we need, we need a, Michael needs to send us some. Uh, yeah. 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 You know what I'm Oh, um, also. Well, before I forget, yeah, we have a website. We do have a website. Yes, we we. But we've had a website. No, we've had uh oh Podbean and yeah, we, we, that yeah, which is you know the, the feed is right. on Podbean. We have our actual own website. Yeah, so now we got a full blown website yeah. thanks to uh, Michael over at the GCT Network. Woo, go Michael! And uh, so anyway, you can get to our website, check us out, see what all's going on there at theonotspodcast.com. Theonotpodcast.com. That or sounds so sweet. If you prefer if you prefer Theonots.gctnetwork.com. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, and we revamped the GCT network website. So we're all kind of in conjunction there, looking the same. And, right. and so yeah, lots of lots of it's cool things. And it's sleek cool. and it's cool. Yeah, cool things happening over there. Yeah. All right. Hey, let's play some games. <laughs> It's a tie game. Is it? Yeah. Where Where are you at? Well, we're both on letters, numbers, and sequences. Oh, yeah. I'm never going to get out of this one, by the way. <laughs> Unless it's like, what is the Antichrist number? Then I'll win. Okay. So go ahead and ask right, me my ready? letters, numbers, and sequences thing. See if I can mess it up again. How many cities in Canaan were given to the Levites. We already Ex- had that question. Okay. 42. I get it. 
That's right. <laughs> but you don't get it. You don't get that. You asked me that last. Hey, you know what? You gave week. me these. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna split shuffle it them. <laughs> we always have this problem. We we need to discard the ones that we're through with. I guess. Yeah, we do, and then burn them. Okay, here we go. <laughs> How old was Abraham when Ishmael was born? <laughs> I'm going with 90. Oh, you are so close. What was the answer? 86. 86. Missed it by four years. Oh, man. That was really close. <sighs> but no cigar, sir. No cigar. No cigar. That's right. That's <laughs> Make sure right. you so you'd be happy with that sound. Thank you. All right. Well, here's <laughs> your letters, numbers, and sequences. How many times was Samson married? That's not fair. Give me a little bit longer here. <laughs> I want to say once because... Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he was only married yes, once. He was only married Delilah once. was not his no. wife. She was just his little thing on the side. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes! Oh, he moves ahead. Okay, this is my fourth time on this question. Let's go. Letters, numbers, and sequences. Oh, my gosh. Here you go. <laughs> According to Genesis, how long did it take God to create everything? <laughs> Do you really have to listen to this? No, I'm just enjoying it. Okay. I'm basking in it. All right. All right, enough of that. Six days, and he rested on seven. That's right. Congratulations, yes. David. We have both moved up. Woo-hoo! So, okay, now you get a chance, I get one you more You get a question, chance to though. move ahead. That's right. Oh, and we are in the uh, New Testament now. Yes. Okay, you ready? Uh-huh. Who raised Dorcas from the dead? <laughs> You Peter, must give an answer. Peter? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. All right. Uh, you're trucking, man. I'm feeling good. I'm you know, you were on the last one. You could go all the way. I could. In the next go around. Oh, man. And now, the news. My fellow Americans. <laughs> That's the wrong president. I know. It is the wrong president. <laughs> but it's the only one I can do. So... No, it's not. It's not him. It's Jimmy Carter, the peanut farmer. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Carter, according to ABC News, has become anathema. No, I'm joking. Jimmy Carter leaves the Southern Baptist denomination. Okay. <sighs> Former President Carter. And that bothers you a little bit. <laughs> well, I guess not because he's he was. You're right. He's like the most liberal 
president we've had since Obama. So yeah, outside of Obama, outside of Obama, yeah. pretty crazy. Former President Carter, a longtime Sunday school teacher, is walking. Not only Sunday school teacher, but also deacon, is walking away from the Southern Baptist because of the church's stance on equality for women. In an interview with Atlanta Journal Constitution published today, Carter says Southern Baptist leaders reading the Bible out of context led to the adoption of increasingly rigid views. I'm familiar with verses they have quoted about wives being subjugated to their husbands, he told the paper. In my opinion, this is a distortion of the meaning of Scripture. I personally feel the Bible says all people are equal in the size of God in the eyes of God. I personally feel that women should play an absolutely equal role in service of Christ in the church. This is just it just shows you how little his knowledge was to begin with. Pretty much. How was this guy ever like teaching Sunday schools or whatever? <laughs> I don't know. Because the, really because relaxed. the Bible says nothing about inequality between right. men and women. No, it doesn't. That's not what is being taught. And and that's not what the Southern Baptists are saying either. They're <clears> not <throat> saying they're they're Yeah, I know how you guys are over there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Well, okay, this all stems from the recent vote or the recent doctrinal statement. Now, bear in mind, behind me, woman. true Southern Baptists should not be making doctrinal statements to begin with uh, from the, uh, the uh, convention because we don't believe that there are doctrinal statements in the convention. But anyways, uh, they made a statement saying that uh, women uh, should be submissive to their husbands mm-hmm. okay they didn't say anything not about subjugated not subjugated this is what carter said right or not unequal or anything like that right basically that they should be lovingly submissive to their husbands mm-hmm. yeah well okay that's that's what the bible says i believe yeah it doesn't say anything about inequality i believe my wife's equal anyway so jimmy carter's <laughs> got all frustrated at that, and I think he's just... Well, he's also an alien abductee or whatever. Oh, that's right. Well, I don't know about abductee. <laughs> I forgot about that. He's an alien uh, yeah, that makes guy. You he, like, saw better. a UFO or something. Right. Crazy. So I'm for alien equality. <laughs> <laughs> the rights of the aliens are the same as the rights of men. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, all right, so... Uh, yeah, that's in the news. And then I have another uh, great story. The makers of Left Behind are crowdfunding a sequel. Bring it. Prepare yourselves. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It says, your dream, this is from Relevant Magazine, your dream of being in a Left Behind movie may soon become a reality. The maker of Nicolas Cage's Left Behind reboot, which opened a 2% Rotten Tomatoes rating when it was released last fall, are attempting to raise 500000 to make a sequel. Just for context, last year's Cage version cost $16 million. Wow. So sure. is Cage going to reprise his role? I don't know. They, we'll got, see. they got to crowdfund quite a bit to get, oh, I to get him back, I'm oh, sure. Oh, definitely. 500000 for their budget? No way. Anyways, um, it says, Sure, the budget constraints may leave you with some doubts about the quality of the action epic, <laughs> which depict a very literal version of the Book of Revelation. But just listen to these perks. For $200, you can be one of the raptured by having your image featured on the missing persons wall in a special <laughs> limited edition Left Behind 2 movie poster. For $500, you can have your name listed in the credits. 
for $750, you can be included on a wall in the background of the film as one of the raptured missing persons. For $2,500, you can be an extra. Please. Dude, I totally want to give to that. <laughs> look, look, I'm raptured. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Anyways. Wow. Yeah, so that's in the news. And then uh, you want to go ahead and hit that button? Oh, sure. Brothers and sisters, come together. Hallelujah, the Pope is here. <laughs> and Pope news. <laughs> Paris Wax Museum unveils statue of Pope <clears throat> Francis. <laughs> the statue was unveiled April 7th in the atrium of Notre Dame, Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, and it depicts a wonderful Pope Francis giving a smile and a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an awesome picture. You ought to Google Pope Francis wax. wax. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, it's amazing, the wax statue that they made of him. So it's pretty neat. Um, it took 15 artists that worked on the, the Pope in the course of six months. The statue depicts the Pope smiling in his white cassock, wearing the papal ring, and with his right arm outstretched. I wonder if they got that song the playing thumbs up. whenever you come into the door. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! Bro, the Pope is, is here. That's so awesome. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's actually happened. That happened. So okay. Um, and then uh, more Pope news. Uh, I guess this is more Catholic news, except Vatican news. I guess. Okay. The Vatican is doing a new um, exorcism course. Um, they still do that stuff. Yeah, I guess so. This is really <laughs> crazy. Okay, uh, Vatican City. On the 13th through the 18th of this month, are going to hold an annual course on exorcism and prayers of liberation, designed for priests and laypersons interested in learning how to recognize a case of de demonic possession uh, when they see one and what to do about it. Uh, apparently, uh, it's an exercise class. Yeah, it's an exercise class. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, okay, what they're saying, this is kind of creepy, but what they're saying is that exorcisms have been on the rise, like demonic activity has been on the rise. Crossfit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. David, <laughs> let me finish. You're nuts. Okay, so anyways, yeah, demonic activity has been on the rise, <laughs> according to the to Rome. We need to watch out here. Okay. Yeah, and they're saying that we need to be careful not to... get to, uh, Yeah, they're trying to... Uh, listen to this. The International Association of Exorcists, or AIE, met for their 12th annual conference in Rome last October. According to AIE spokesperson Dr. Walter <coughs> Castioli, an increasing number of bishops and cardinals asked to participate in the conference due to an increase in demonic activity. Demonic activity. Mm. They're saying they're trying to figure out if this is demonic, scientific, so, uh, psychological, sociological, whatever. And they say the rise in demonic activity can be attributed to the decreasing faith among individuals, coupled with an increase in curiosity and participation in occult activities such as Ouija boards and seances. Oh, yeah. Did you see the the little girls' princess Ouija boards no. that they're making now? They're like pink, and they have like little flowers on them and all that. It's a Ouija board. Oh, my God. Parker Brothers, I mean, it's, it's full-on Ouija board. But it's all geared to like seven-year-old girls or something. That's so nuts. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> so, Could it be Satan? Satan? 
So anyways, that's my Catholic Pope news, and that's all I got for the news today. All right. More types and shadows. Shadows, shadows, shadows. Yes. Did you like that? Now, th- that was awesome. Thanks. Yeah. So, so uh, <clears throat> what are we doing? We're talking about the uh, the ever awesome book of Ruth. Yeah. So, so we're actually going to like step on our wives' study here. Yeah, that's right. The women <laughs> in our town are have been studying the book of Ruth for I, I think like a month now, almost, mm-hmm. and uh, they're getting really. And deep we're just going to nail it all in one episode. Yeah, we're just going to explain it. So mm, after this, they bam. can listen and then be done with the study of the book of Ruth and move on to something else. Because all they keep talking about is this book of Ruth. No, I'm joking. My wife has asked me like a ton of questions, especially about. The Moabites. She's really confused how God would allow. <laughs> Sorry, am I giving no, a little? Okay. No, no, you're good. God would allow. <laughs> spoiler alert. God would allow a Moabite woman to come in contact with a Hebrew man. Yeah, stop that. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> against the law. So how in the world can God allow that? And then allow his son Jesus to be part of that lineage. Right. It's crazy. What? What was God thinking? Exactly. Yeah. Well. Well, we'll we'll explore the vast reaches of that. That sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. So, what do you have on us about the Book of Ruth? Well, I thought we might just kind of go through the story, okay, and hit the symbols and stuff as we hit as we come across them. Awesome. And uh, see what's going. On. Okay, so we begin with the story of this uh, Hebrew man and woman, yes, Elimelech and his wife Naomi, right, and their two kids, Mahlon. And Helion. <laughs> Say that again. Helion. Helion. It's actually, um, that's kind of Hebrew. You got to clear your throat whenever you say that. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Chilion, Kilion, however you want to say his name. That's right. Okay, so the, um, there are two kids. Okay, they leave Bethlehem because of hard times in Israel. Right, there's a famine. Right, and they end up in the land of Moab. Yeah. The evil land of Moab. All right, so let's talk about Moab because that's where that's where they go. Sure, and that's kind of what kickstarts this entire uh, domino effect. Right. That 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 is the story right. of the Book of Ruth. Well, a little about Moab. <clears throat> Moab. The actual word Moab. I looked it up. Means the mother's father. Okay. And so that's that, confusing. That, what that means is this. Uh, who is your who is your father? Well, my mom's dad is my father. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that means. Like I'm my own grandpa. Exactly. Uh, Moab, the Moabites come from a incestuous relationship between Lot and his oldest daughter. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's revisit that for a second. Yes. Okay, we all know the story of Solomon Gomorrah. Yes. You know all this sin and whatnot happened in there. Lot and his family. Was found righteous. Or, well, at least they're being pulled, pulled out. out. No, they're not found righteous, actually. <laughs> and uh, the, the the wife looks back. She gets turned to the pillar, pillar of salt. salt okay, yeah. so you're down to Lot and his two daughters. Right. Who flee ultimately into a cave in the wilderness. Yeah. And the two daughters are like, hey, that was our last shot at a husband. <laughs> so, on. you know what would be a good idea? Let's have some kids by our dad. I mean, you can't let's, make this stuff up. <laughs> it's like, let's get him drunk, 
and let's do this. Right. Okay, first off, that, that right there tells you what happens whenever you are in a place like Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Because your mind should not even go there. Right. But uh, you know one thing that what, what Peter say about Lot, that he was vexed his righteous spirit by being there. Right. And this is a result. He raised these two girls in this environment. They came out of that environment. Sin, yeah. And and because we think, why? How could you ever get to the point where that crosses your mind? Right. Well the reality is is they were completely desensitized to sex, completely desensitized to yeah. sin and, yeah. and, and all that. So um, and, and, and one yeah. thing about Lot, how drunk do you have to be? Seriously. To to not know what's going on. Right. But somehow this all happened. So anyway, yeah. as as morbid as that sounds, that is where the Moabites came. From. Right, and it, it spawned this entire nation of uh, crazy people. Um, two nations. Two nations. Yeah, Moabites <coughs> and uh, Ammon. Ammonites. That's right. The Moabites themselves were just a disgusting, dirty race. Uh, they worshipped a god. Uh, who demanded child sacrifice? Uh, Shamosh uh, was their god. Uh, they they worshipped him, demanded child sacrifice. Moabites are in scripture over and over and over again as enemies mm-hmm. of the Israelites. In fact, um, the whole story Balaam and Balak. Yeah, the whole donkey speaking. The whole donkey speaking thing. Uh, Balaam <clears throat> or Balak was the king of the Moabites at the time, and God despised them. Um, that was when the Israelites were camping on the edge of their kingdom and Balak's like, what am I going to do? I know they're going to destroy me. And, and of course they end up destroying him. But before that Balak tries to, uh, unite with the people of Israel and <laughs> has them worshiping his gods and all this stuff. And yeah. Well, he marries into the them by sending yeah. prostitutes and whatnot. Into them. Right. right. They're like, come hang out with us. <clears throat> yeah. Just breed them out. Exactly. And God, specifically says, I can't stand them, stay right. away from them, okay. have nothing to do with them. So because of that, yes. there is a decree. Yes. In Deuteronomy, the 23rd chapter, verse 3, says, No Ammonite or Moabite may enter the assembly of the Lord, even to the 10th generation. None of them may enter the assembly of the Lord forever. God's speaking pretty harshly right here. It, it appears that he really doesn't want anything to do with the Moabites. And he tells the people that. That's right. Have nothing to right. do. Do not touch these people, let alone marry yeah. one of them. So, uh, and he reiterates this, Ezra 9. So this isn't just a temporary thing in Deuteronomy. Uh-uh. It's reiterated in Ezra 9. It's reiterated in Nehemiah 13. Uh, God goes after the Moabites to wipe them out more than once. Saul. Isaiah 15 and 16. Right. Jeremiah 48 and 49. Ezekiel 21. uh, Zephaniah 2. I mean, these Moabites are the enemies of God. Right. Okay. So what do these people do whenever they go, when they move into Moab. They find a couple chicks and get <laughs> married to them. Yes. So Ma- why not? Ma- uh, Malan and Shilion, mm-hmm. they marry uh, two women, Orpah right. and Ruth. Right. Okay. And within the fir- this all happens within the first five verses of the entire That's book. Right, yeah. Uh, then everyone gets, well, Elimelech dies first, Naomi's husband right. dies. And then after marrying these two Moabite women, 
uh, uh, Mahan and Chilion both die. Right. Leaving Ruth a widow and Naomi a widow and Oprah. 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 I call her Oprah. <laughs> Oprah. <laughs> so so they're all. Um, so Oprah moved to the U.S. and started, started a talk show. giving away cars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. So, okay. Um, it's interesting to note here that there is something happening in the first few verses of the book. Yes. That is, con- there's this consistent thing happening here. Malan is one of these guys. His, mm-hmm. his name means sick. Right. Uh, Chilion. His name means failing or dying. Okay, so between uh, within the first five verses of this book, what we have is just a whole lot of death, and right. this death enters, and this this problem. Now there is you've got these women who have no men to take care of them. They're separated from anything that could protect them, or that would provide for them, or anything, and they're separated from this because of death. Huh. And because of sin, right? Because these men weren't supposed to marry these women to begin with. Exactly, right? This was illegal. Yeah, they weren't supposed to do this. Not happily looked on. <clears throat> so, uh, the type that we can see here is that if we think back to Adam and Eve, what what happened in the garden whenever they disobeyed God? Well, sin and death entered the world. Sin and death entered the world, just as sin and death enters this family. Right. And it causes a division, a separation from all that can protect you, yes. all that loves you. Well, Naomi changes her name, and Na- Naomi's name was Pleasant, mm-hmm. right? That's what her name meant, to Mara, right? Yes. And Mara means bitter. Bitter. The The source of that actually comes from Moses in the wilderness. Right. Uh, remember, at one point, the children of Israel find refuge at a place called Mara. Right. Where they went to go drink the water, but the water was bitter. And they had to throw the uh, the branch into, into the, water. the well to right. cleanse it and through faith. But uh, so anyway, she renames herself Bitter. bitter. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Ruth, let's talk about Ruth for just a second, because she is going to be our protagonist of the story. Yes. She is a Moabite. So she has always been separated from God. That's right. She has never been a part of his family. She was born into sin. Exactly. <laughs> she she was she is a product of sin. That's right. And she is a victim of death. Yes. Uh, sounds very you know similar to people that we know. Right. Which is me. Because we aren't Jews. We weren't part of God's chosen people. That's right. We have always been, as Gentiles, we were separate from God from Amen. birth. Yes. Uh, and we are also separated from God because of death. We're a victim of the fall. Right. So we're separated through sin and death from God. The same way that Ruth is separated from any type of, of uh, protection or any type of... of uh, guidance or anything aside from her mother-in-law. Right. Um, her name means friend. Mm. And um, I think it's interesting. By the way, that's my mom's name, but just, <laughs> just letting you know. So here's <laughs> what we are obviously where we're going with this. Yes. Is that Ruth is a type 
of us. Yes. As as the the church, as right. the bridegroom. I mean, uh, the bride. The bride of Christ. Of, of Christ. So uh, if we look to John 15, verse 15, he's Jesus speaking in the ESV says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. So Jesus calls us friends. He calls us Ruth, right? Amen. Okay, so let's move on into chapter two. So what happens in chapter two? Uh, Naomi gets this bug to head back home. Head back home, right? And she basically tells her um, her daughters-in-law, uh, you know, you guys can go do your own thing because you're not bound to me in any way. Uh, you've lost your husbands. I can't raise up another husband for either one of you. Right. <laughs> So you're just going to have to kind of go on your on your way. And Oprah <laughs> says, see, I'm off to Hollywood. Yeah. And and, and she leaves. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> you get a school and you get a school. <laughs> OK, sorry. <go> ahead. <laughs> and Ruth says, wherever you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. So she's a true friend. Uh huh. That's right. pretty awesome. And your God will be my God, right? Yes. So okay, now we have something that's kind of working here because Naomi is a Jew. That's right. And she has this father in heaven. Yes. That that, that she is a chosen uh, person. Ruth is not. Right. But she says she wants to go with her uh, through the eye of faith. Yes. Knowing that. Um, that God will provide. Your God will be my God. Right. Um, <clears throat> Amazing. Yeah, I. Uh, that's a. This is a, a really good picture of you know just trusting, mm -hmm. having faith that you know. And Ruth has faith, even though Oprah, who has no faith, runs back <laughs> and runs away. You know, she goes back to what's familiar to her, her, her hometown, and you know, hopefully find another husband because Naomi says. You guys, I, you know, you're released. Go find another husband. Go have children. You're free. Ruth chooses out of faith, mm -hmm. even when it doesn't look like there's any hope to follow her mother-in-law. Right. Right? It's this amazing uh, picture of just blind faith on Ruth's mm -hmm. part. Pretty cool. Anyways. And so whenever they get back to Bethlehem, there's this uh, relative of... Uh, of Naomi's. It's actually a relative of Elimelech's yes. uh, named Boaz. Now, um, cool thing about Boaz, yeah, his name doesn't mean anything. Yeah, we don't have a name. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I haven't really fit the model in there yet, but I'm sure it will fit in. But uh, I guess it could be a model of the spirit because we talked about the unnamed servant or whatever. Right. But I think there's going to be a stronger model here that we'll see here. Well, yeah, uh, who I think Boaz is more, I think, and this is, uh, without revealing it yet. I think if anything, this is going, don't worry about him, worry about his position. Mm. What is he? Yes. You know, and that's a huge thing for me. So, okay, go ahead. Okay. So, uh, Boaz is, it says he's rich. Yes. And he, uh, he owns this large field, uh, or fields, 
And um, there is a, a, a law right. that uh, Boaz is following. He's a good uh, Jewish good boy. Good Jewish man, yeah. And so he is following the law. And um, as we're going to uh, put Boaz in the position of a type of Christ, right? Christ followed the law. Sure. He did everything that the law uh, asked of him. Right, openly, freely. So yep. one of the laws that Boaz was very keen on following was Leviticus 23, yes. verse 22. It says, And when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge, nor shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. <laughs> okay, so that was a law that when you had these fields and you're harvesting the grain, right? you were to, if something spilled, you left it. You didn't glean the field. Right. Gleaning means coming back afterwards and picking up all the scraps. Exactly. Okay, you weren't supposed to do that. You were supposed to leave it because then that's one a charity yeah. that, that God provided. That was one way to get food out to starving people, was right. to leave it in the field so they could come by and pick it out. Mm-hmm. Beggars could come by and pick it out. And sojourners, people on journeys. Yeah. So, so we've got Naomi and Ruth here yes. who come back into the land. They don't have husbands. They can't take care of themselves. They have nothing. They have, they have nothing. They're, they're just, uh, they are lost and wandering in their own homeland, right? Right. And uh, back in the land of Bethlehem. Yes. Now, it's interesting uh, that uh, what was left behind uh, Naomi knew it was going to be there. She, yes. she told Ruth, she said, go see if he's left grain behind. Right. And of course he did. And uh, so she is making this habit of going to Boaz's property and gleaning the fields. Right. Enough so that she's catching the eye of Boaz. Of Boaz. Hey, that's a cute lady over there picking uh, weed out of my field. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Boaz is saying. So anyway, um, he sees her, and he's like, whose girl is that? <laughs> That's in, the, in the MCV, I like that. It's like, whose girl is that? Mm, yeah. Baby. <laughs> so <laughs> the servants answered and said, she is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. Um, and so... Boaz addresses her. He comes to her and he says, listen, my daughter, he says, don't go to gather grain for yourself in any other field. Right. Uh, he says, don't even leave this field at all, but continue following close by, closely behind my women workers. And I wonder if he had a uh, ulterior motive there. I don't want any other guy checking you out. You yeah. stay right And he's here. telling his workers, he's like, hey, no. toss a little over the side, man. Come on. <laughs> Catch a, get a guy, you know, a break. Yeah. Now, first off, let's make note here. Something weird going on is that Boaz should not be giving this woman the eye. Nope. Why? Because she's a Moabite woman. Right. And he knew that going in. Yep. Right? That's one of the things that they said right there. Yep. Is like, she is, who is that girl? She is a Moabite. She came from the land of Moab with Naomi. Yep. And it doesn't matter the fact that she chose of her own free will to become, basically to become Jewish in her own, you know, mind, yeah. because, you know, her, your God is my God. Right. Uh, so 
doesn't matter that now or that uh, Ruth is adopting uh, the Jewish tradition. She's still from the lineage, a line. She her, she can't change who she is. She's a Moabite, right? A woman, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, we have this thing that happens is uh, she, uh, Ruth comes home all excited because yeah. now she's got she's getting tons of grain. Right? <laughs> she got all this grain, <laughs> and and Naomi's like. What in the world? Where, you, where are you getting all yeah, of that? That's right. <laughs> and so, of course, Naomi's a wise woman. Mm-hmm. She picks up on it really quick. She yeah. knows exactly what's going on, and right. she's like, "Oh, you know what? That guy's a relative." <laughs> okay, so so what she brings to mind is another law. Now, remember, Boaz seems to be law-minded. Yes, he's doing the lever. He's he's doing the uh, gleaning law. Just as he was supposed to, right. he's got a soft spot in his heart for a Moabite woman, which is yeah. probably not to his uh, <laughs> to his to his um, uh, law keeping right. thing. But he, since he is given to law, uh, she brings up Naomi brings up another point, and that is another law that is referred to as the Leverite marriage law. Hmm. Okay, now here's how the Leverite marriage law works. Uh, Deuteronomy 25, verses 5 through 6, it says, If brothers, in the ESV, if brothers dwell together and one of them dies and has no son, the wife of the dead man shall not be married outside the family to a stranger. Yes. Her husband's brother shall go into her and take her as his wife and perform the duty of a husband's brother to her. Right. And the first son whom she bears shall succeed in the name of his dead brother that his name may not be blotted out of Israel. Okay, so there's this, there is this very important thing that um, that happens in in the Jewish custom and the Hebrew, Hebrew custom, and that is lineages were very important, right? Especially leading up to Christ, because yeah. uh, God was building this lineage to Christ, and uh, you are, you were who your forefathers were right you were you know you are a a uh, descendant of them and that's a, that's a very important thing for the jewish jewish people right to say i am the son of you know son of mm-hmm. so so the the these lineages fell from father to son father to son father right. to son the women had really no uh partake in it that. except for that they were the ones providing the children yeah bearing but the children. they they carried those men's names exactly uh that's how you knew what tribe you belonged to right uh all of this stuff so you've got um you've got this 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 leverite marriage which is put into place in order to keep the lineage going yes we don't want there to be these guys who can't who their family stops because they died right so if they've got brothers, let's bring them on board <laughs> to help out. <laughs> it's your responsibility in handling the lineage. Right now, here's a little bit of an exemption to the. I mean, a little bit. Uh, they they carried the rule to the nth degree by the time we're talking here in in Ruth. Yes, because this is not an, this is not a brother. Remember, Malon and Chilion were the only sons of Elimelech. Right. So neither one of them you know, could help out in this uh, arena. Right. But Elimelech was a distant, distant relative. relative. Mm-hmm. So uh, Boaz was a, a distant relative of Elimelech. So he had the ability yes. to claim this Leverite marriage law if he so choose, chose to. 
so what what we have happening here now is this situation where Naomi uh, tells uh, tells Ruth, "Hey, I need you to to go in <laughs> and catch him while he's asleep. You know, hang out with him or whatever, and uncover his feet." Ooh. <laughs> And uh, this is another um, another part of their culture. Yes. Um, and so people mess this up all the time. Yes. They think it's a sexual reference or something no, like that. No, 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 no. There's nothing like that going on. There's no. nothing um, untoward happening here right. at all in this event that happens. Um, the lineage of the man was often embroidered. Right onto the the, the hem. hem of their garments, mm-hmm. and this is why Jesus even makes reference to this about them enlarging the hems of their their phylacteries. Uh, yeah. Well, the phylacteries were the oh the tassels. Sorry, were the things where they kept the uh, the boxes and stuff where they kept the law. Oh, is that right? Their, yeah, but uh, I thought the phylacteries were the tassels. I get this but, wrong. But the um, the the hems of their garment. He's talking about that they enlarged the hems of their garment. Uh, that's a bragging thing. Right. I'm of this family or whatever. I've got this huge hymn to show it. And yeah. I got four inch letters <laughs> or whatever. Son of Judah. <laughs> right. So, yeah. um, so it was a big thing for them to have. This is also why, by the way, David got so upset because he actually dared to cut Saul's hymn of his hymn garment. Of his garment. Yep. And while Saul was using the bathroom in the cave and David snuck up and, and cut off the part of his garment and just as a casual Western reader, you read that and you think, oh, David was just proving, hey, I could have killed you. But that was, it was more than that. Oh, yeah. David he was, was saying, insulting him by stealing his lineage. Yeah, he was saying, I'm cutting you off. Right. And, and so that's why it really bothered David. Yeah. And he shouted from a distance and said, hey, look, I'm sorry I did this. Right. <laughs> sorry. So, what, so the, the symbol in her uncovering his feet and covering herself with his garment yes. was a way of saying, I want to be adopted into your family. I want right. you to wrap your family around me and oh. make me part of it. So powerful. So he would have known exactly what this meant uh, in the story. And uh, <clears throat> it, it calls to mind also, um, she's asking for basically not only marriage but she's asking for adoption right at the same time wow i mean that's kind of the same what 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 we do right we've been adopted we've been grafted into the the family of god right at the same time and we did that through the marriage we've been given an entirely new identity yeah which is exactly what happens here so anyways yeah and so so to um to also to um give us like um, a little glimpse into um, into the future. Ultimately, this bond is going to lead to a, a genealogy that will ultimately go all the way to Jesus. This, right. is, this is the tribe of Judah. Boaz is in the tribe of Judah. And we see that um, he has a son named Ob. Obed, mm-hmm. who has a son named Jesse. Jesse, and Jesse has a son named... David. David. So we see this powerful thing that's going to happen because yes. God is so cool. God's using this story <laughs> of of this this kinsman redeemer. Yes. When we use that term, Boaz, he is the kinsman. He's the family, but he's also the redeemer. 
Yes. He's also bringing them back into the fold. Right. And uh, that separation that was caused from sin and death, coming back together. And it makes life again. So you got to listen. Now listen to this. This is cool. This is Isaiah 11, verse 10. This is a, this is a prophecy of Jesus Christ. Okay. It says, And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. Mm. Now, isn't that cool that it uses this term, the root, root of, Jesse. of Jesse? Now, who that, is the root of Jesse? Right. It's, <laughs> it's Obed, who is, which is Ruth's. And if you Boaz, think about roots, what do roots do? They go down, right, backwards, yeah, exactly. and deep. Yes. So. Boaz is the root of Jesse. Yes. He really is. Like in the most physical right. uh, term, he, he is the root of Jesse. Yeah. Jesus Christ is the root of Jesse from the other side of the spectrum. Right. The root of David, the root of Jesse, however. But I think it's really cool that Isaiah chose Jesse as the person to mention. Right. Because it kind of takes the focus away from David as the king and, and puts it back on this lineage which we're seeing happen before our eyes uh, in here. Um, so I want to, man, I really want to look at uh, what this, this conversation that, um, that they have together. Ruth and Boaz. Yes. In the middle of the night. Um, yeah. Cause um, I lost my place. Hang on a second. No. <laughs> Where? Yeah. Uh, I'm pulling it up now too. While you're, uh, okay, okay, here we go. So, um, verse mm. six. So Ruth went down to the threshing floor, and did all that her mother-in-law told her to do. After his evening meal, Boaz felt good, and went to sleep. He lying. felt good. <laughs> yes. This is the NCV. It's yeah. very. Okay. I like the I like the ESV here. When Boaz had eaten and drunk, his heart was merry. <laughs> <laughs> so Boaz felt good and went to sleep lying beside the pile of grain. Mm -hmm. Ruth went to him quietly and lifted the cover from his feet and lay down. Okay, now this is talking about the hem of his garment. Right. Okay, once again. So she lifts up the cover, his, his, his garment, and lays down. About midnight, Boaz was startled and rolled over. There was this young woman lying near his feet. <laughs> Boaz asked, who are you? And she said, I am Ruth, your servant girl. Spread your cover over me. Yes. Because you are a relative who is supposed to take care of me. Mm. I just love this because this is, this is not a proposal as much as it is a plea. Yeah, it's a beg. It's, she's begging. Verse 9, I like the ESV again because it okay, says this. He said, who are you? And she said, I am Ruth, your servant. Okay? So ba all this is uh, this entire thing takes picture. And for me, I imagine Ruth uncovering the garment, showing mm -hmm. that, and then laying down at his feet. And the only image I come up with, and th this may be kind of cr or crude, but the only image I can come up with, I have a really faithful dog. Okay. Right? And this dog every night lays down at the foot of my bed, mm -hmm. and it's it's there come rain or shine, and it, that's its sign of being faithful to me, mm -hmm. you know. And it's my servant, 
Right. 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 So Ruth is being very subservient to Boaz. Yes. She's respecting him. Mm-hmm. And what she does is she says, I am your servant. And then she says, spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Oh, wow. That, that, is, that is well put. I love that. It's beautiful. Okay, so he is the kinsman redeemer. Yes. She is acknowledging that he is her salvation. Yes. And he com- she comes to him at his feet asking for mercy, right? right. This, this is not exactly how the contrite and, and the repentant heart oh, yeah. comes before Christ and says, I can't do it. I can't I, I can't survive on my own. I exactly. need I need you. Yeah. And and uh spread your wings over me yeah. and cover me. Uh actually if we probably looked at the original Hebrew here, this thing about covering me is talking about the cloak. Yes. The the hem of your garment. Wrap me in this. Cover me in your family. Let me be part of your Take me into your lineage. In, into your lineage, into your holy. This is he's the tribe of Judah. Yeah, let, bring me into this holy lineage, and and let me just be part of it. Right. And um, I, I I love you know his response is is he says the Lord bless you my daughter. This act of kindness is greater than the kindness you showed to Naomi in the beginning. You didn't look for a young man to marry, either rich or poor. Now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do everything you ask. You know, that brings me to mind. Uh, who is it? Was it Paul that said? Or no, it's, it's, it's a psalm that said he has no, no beauty that we should behold him. Isaiah. Isaiah, that's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The suffering servant. Yeah, the yeah. suffering he has, servant. He had no comeliness or anything that was attractive. And, right. you know, often we think of this in terms of romantic love story, and Boaz is the guy who sweeps her off her feet, and we probably think of Prince Charming or whatever, but I don't think so. I don't think he was that pretty. <laughs> well, it, it sounds like he was older than she was. Right. And so, therefore, he didn't really expect this, even though he was enamored with her. Right. Obviously. But... He probably w- never would have expected this, and because um, he is totally um, blown away with her, and it reminds me of things when every now and then Jesus, when he was walking around, and he found that faith, when he found that person who exemplified faith beyond, he was so like he just gushed over them. Yes, like the, he did the centurion. He, he turns to all his disciples who've been following him all day long. And he's like, guys, listen, I haven't found a faith like this in all of Israel. You know, how, how in the world did that feel? Oh, man. <laughs> he's talking to a Ro- about he a just Roman. punched him in the gut, yeah. Right? And, and once again, that's a good model because yeah. what, who are we talking about here? A Moabite, mm-hmm. a Gentile. That's right. And here was Jesus talking about a Roman. And then Jesus is also in Syrophoenician, uh, area, Syre and Ty- uh, uh, Tyre. And, and Sidon, he's up in that area and he's walking around and he has that whole uh, interlude with the Syrophoenician woman. And um, he gives that whole thing about, you know, uh, I, 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 I am here for the children of Israel and not for dogs. <laughs> you know, he refers to her as this dog. Yes. And of course, that was for the benefit of the disciples, not for her. Right. She kind of gets it. She's she's like... Um, well, even the dogs will eat the crumbs that fall off the table. Yes. And uh, whenever he sees that faith in oh. her, 
I can just see his face light up. He says, right. oh, woman, your faith is great. Yes. And, and, and so it's like uh, this is the response Boaz uh, gives uh, Ruth. Yeah. This is amazing. He's like, bless you, my daughter. This act of kindness is even greater than sticking with Naomi. Yeah, your this, faith here in doing this act yes, this is, is even greater than the faith of following me, Naomi. And you didn't go after the flashy things. You didn't go after the rich people. I mean, the 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 beautiful people or young people or whatever. You came after family. Yes. And uh, I, and of course, the, the rest of the story kind of like uh, Boaz says. Well, let me think for a second. I'm not quite the next in line. Right. <laughs> So, so he starts doing a little homework about the lineage yeah. of, of Elimelech and finds out there's another guy right. out there who fits the bill a little better. So to follow the law, he goes and he does everything he's supposed to do right. in reference to uh, this Leverite marriage law. Right. And I can just see it. He kind of, you know, he's like, hey, will you buy uh, this land of Elimelech's? <laughs> and the guy's like, sure, I, I'll, I'll buy that land. He says, oh, wait a second. You know, his ugly daughter comes with it. <laughs> daughter-in-law, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he probably didn't pitch her good at all because uh, he, he didn't want this guy. She's got, you know, <laughs> yeah, not not all that. Tracks of land. Tracks of land. Huge. <laughs> tracks of land. Uh, anyways. <laughs> so, so, you know, he's just probably rejoicing in himself whenever he finds out that the guy was like, well, I don't want her. That'll yeah. mess up my own lineage. Right. I've got my own kids to worry about. I can't take this on. You go ahead. Yeah. And he's like, that's what I wanted all along. Yes. And so he goes and he takes her in and he marries her. And uh, so this is just like um, Romans 7. Right. Uh, verse Four says, likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. Yes. Okay. So Whew, uh, that's powerful. Yeah. So our we've died. Our our our. Um, if we held on to the law, like the, the they, the law is dead. It is it is the it is Phaeron, uh, uh, Chilion, yeah, <laughs> the failing and dying guy, and he's gone. And uh, and now we have life. We have a new husband. We have, and I think it's really cool that God uses this bond between this mercy and this yes. grace from a woman who he wasn't even supposed to have eyes for. Uh, and he brings her in and she not only becomes part of his family, she becomes the mother <laughs> of the lineage yeah, that, that leads to Jesus. God's own son, Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. It's just so fascinating. Yeah. You know what I love most, I think about the end of this book of Ruth. It's mm -hmm. such a short book. At the beginning, you see Naomi changing her name from Naomi to Mara. Mm -hmm. I'm from pleasant to bitter. Yeah. And at the end of this book, you see Ruth take her baby boy, Obed, mm -hmm. and put him on Naomi's lap. <laughs> and Naomi and all the people around her 
surround her and they go, oh, Naomi has a child. <laughs> you know, and you see Naomi turning back from bitter to pleasant. Right. It's a full it's redemption. A, it's about redemption. Yeah. Um, there is a cool little thing I want to end on here in chapter four. Um, whenever they get married, uh, they are in Bethlehem. Yeah. Now, what do we know that name from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Could it be weird? Can anything good come from... No. <laughs> so Bethlehem was, of course, David's hometown. That's right. And it was Jesus's birthplace. That's right. Okay, so uh, there is, once again, this huge tie between Boaz and Jesus right. in the, the place where they lived. Exactly. And... Um, Bethlehem, the people of Bethlehem uh, actually offer a blessing to um, to the, uh, the the bride and groom, and uh, this blessing is a little wordy and it's kind of weird sounding. <laughs> but I want to talk about the meaning of what they're what they're asking, what they're um, blessing them with, uh-huh. so we can kind of see that this ties in this whole um, this this whole. Um, bond between Jesus and us. And it shows Mm -hmm. that the model exists there very clearly. Um, Verse 11. Yeah. Then all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, we are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your house like Rachel and Leah. Okay. There's the first blessing. Now there's three blessings that these people give to uh, this couple. And the first one's to the bride, the second one's to the groom, and the third one's to the house in which they create. Okay, so the first one is to the woman. May Yahweh, the Lord, make this woman like Rachel and Leah. Have a bunch of kids. Right. And Rachel and Leah <laughs> were the mothers of the 12 tribes of Israel. Right. Okay, and so the cool thing about putting both Rachel and Leah in there is they were both responsible for all of the tribes of Israel. Right. Um, Leah produced more than Rachel. children. Yep. Rachel was beautiful. Right. And was the love of Jacob's life. So, yeah, having your so, cake and eating it too. Yes. May you, may this woman be beautiful like Rachel. Yeah. And fruitful like, like Leah. Leah. Yes. Okay, so think about this in in terms of us. If we are Ruth, may we be beautiful and fruitful. Hmm, beautiful. Wow. I mean, that's exactly what we want to be for yeah. Christ. Well, if we and if we look at ourselves, what do we see when we're really honest with ourselves? We're not beautiful. Uh, we're not beautiful. And we don't produce good works. Right. And we don't produce fruit. And we don't but that's the blessing that God wants for us. Yes. That the, the people of Bethlehem wanted for this and again, bride. The only way that this is achievable is through Boaz. Yeah. <laughs> Right, awesome. right. She can't be fruitful nope. without him. Right. Okay, so what did Jesus say in, in John 15? Apart from me. Or no. Yeah, I'm the vine. You're the branches. That's right. Without me, you can bear no fruit. Right. Okay, so wow. This is really cool because yeah. we are Ruth in this situation, and, and the blessing is may we be beautiful to him, mm-hmm. and may we be fruitful. Amen. Okay, so the next blessing that they that they um that they say is may you may you act worthily in Ephrata and be renowned in Bethlehem. Now this act worthily 
uh, means be, may you be renowned. Uh, Ephrata is the name talking about where Rachel was buried, which is Bethlehem. Right. So it's really the same in and of the same place. Bethlehem. May you be uh, powerful. May you be um, famous right. in Bethlehem. Now, if we just walk up to anybody on the street and we say, what happened to Bethlehem? That's where Jesus is born. That's where Jesus was born. Jesus is powerful, and Jesus is famous. That's right. For Bethlehem, and that's how Bethlehem is famous Amen. for him. He's yeah. renowned. Bethlehem is renowned because of Jesus. Right. So, and also because of David. Back back then, yeah. The big thing was, man, that's where King David came from. <laughs> right. right. So Amazing. here in this model, if Boaz is Jesus. This blessing is, still holds true. Oh, yeah. He is powerful, and he is also renowned. Oh, beautiful, yeah. And so it's a per, perfect blessing for him as well. Um, and then it says, May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring that the Lord will give you by this young woman. Okay, now that one's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Tamar was um, uh, had this son Perez by Judah. Right. Okay, so the, the important thing to, to note here is that this is the house of Judah. And so what the saying is, may your house be as the house of Perez. Or, or Perez. This is, this is important because this is the foundation of the house of Judah. Judah and right. what is the house of Judah? The house of kings. Right. It's the house of the kings. Right. What is our house we are the church <laughs> amen what is that we are that we are the house of kings amen That's we beautiful. have been made uh uh holy uh prophets and, and priests, priests and and and, and, kings. and we are in the house of, of of the king that's right so um this is exactly this is our lineage right this is the exact same blessing yes that they gave them has come true for us Amen. May your house be kingly in its service. Wow. That's powerful. I mean, that and all those blessings are fulfilled through Christ to this church. Yeah. And there's probably tons more that we could go into. Oh, yeah. But wow. I mean, it, uh, <laughs> Is that not enough? Yeah. I mean, it's just an amazing... It's amazing to me how a little book, four chapters, obscure. They don't even really know who wrote it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think Samuel mm -hmm. during the time of David. Right. And it, it, it explains in great detail the redemption of, of Christ. And how God uses sin yes. to make something beautiful. Right. Take the broken and heal it. Takes a Moabite and makes her into King Jesus' <laughs> lineage. Yeah. It's awesome. And, you know, and, and provide that kinsman. Redeemer. Redeemer. Amen. That, that, that we have access to. It's pretty cool. Uh, as well. Wow. So. Whew. Awesome. The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network using new media and social networking to go into all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, to partner with us, visit us at gctnetwork.com or now at theonautspodcast.com. Yes. Subscribe to the newsletter there and stay up to date on the latest from all our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema, 
There are several ways to contact us and to leave us feedback. Send us an email to theonauts at gctnetwork.com. Call us on our voicemail line at 972-885-7270. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. And don't forget to leave us comments there and to rate us. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts. Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts. And don't forget to tune in again to explore the vast reaches of God's word with us. All right, Jeremiah, thanks for being here. Thank you, David. All right, God bless. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission Transmission at GCTNetwork.com.